Well, it's all quiet on the Western Front. U.S. equities are weaker. The U.S. dollar has fallen as well, but not much in the way of bond movements from the United States. But we should be weary of bubbles, says China's banking regulator. Instead, we're going to look at the numbers today. Australian GDP for Q4 is out, and the ADP employment numbers for the U.S. later on as well. We'll look at what to expect there. And what did the RBA have to say for themselves yesterday? Spoiler alert, not too much. It's Wednesday, the 3rd of March, 2021. It's the morning call from now. Good morning. So everything is different again today. Equities are on the slide again. The US dollar back down today by about a quarter percent. Bond yields going nowhere in the United States, but falling about five basis points for 10 years in the UK and rising another few basis points for 10 years in Australia. And commodities rising again. Copper is up 2.6%. Oil at WTI is up 0.6%. And back onto equities, well, the NASDAQ is taking the hardest hit. It's down 0.7%. But equities in Europe are up a 0.4% rise in the FTSE 100. And on currencies, well, the falling U.S. dollar, the pound and the euro are doing okay as a result of that, both up a third of 1%. Uh, But the Aussie dollar, up 0.7%, rose to 78.3 U.S. cents. Confused? I know I am. Fortunately, Ray Attrell is here, head of FX Strategy at NAB in Sydney. I guess markets are finding their level, aren't they, after that, uh, uh, well, perhaps the optimism that we saw last week, perhaps that's dissipated a little bit, or inflation fears have, have gone away, or both. What, what is happening today? Because it feels a bit all over the place. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Yes, I think I'll admit to being a little bit confused as well, really. Sort of searching for a, <coughs> excuse me, a, a common theme is a little bit difficult, isn't it? I mean, I suppose, mm. you know, looking at those US bond yields, which were clearly have been, you know, were at the epicentre, or the catalyst for the uh, the violence that we saw in, uh, in in bond markets that spilled into equities and currencies last week. Um, you know, it's been a sea of calm, hasn't it, in, in the US Treasury market, at least, with those 10-year bonds, you know, not moving too far from, from 1.4% so far this week. And that's obviously well back from the highs that we saw at the end of last week. So I think that's sort of spilling through into somewhat calmer markets. But uh, as you just mentioned, um, commodity prices, um, you know, the, the, the LMEX index of commodity prices up nearly 2%. Um, also note in New Zealand that they had their latest dairy trade auction and um, whole milk prices up 21% on the previous auction. Wow. So, um, you know, commodity prices or relative commodity prices absolutely key for, for the fortunes of the Australian dollar. So in that respect, I'm not too surprised to see that, um, you know, the Aussie dollar is back above uh, above 78 cents. And, and certainly that looks justified. But obviously the, the RBA messaging, I think, also had something to do with that yesterday. Well, let's we'll, we'll get on to the RBA in just a second. I also want to uh, look at what's been said in China because we're just a few days away from the National People's Congress uh, over there, and their banking regulator, Mr. Guo Shunqing. I uh, hope I've said that right. Possibly not. Uh, warning against too much leverage and the risk of bubbles. He says, particularly in the United States and Europe, which might burst soon. So, uh, first of all, is that something we should be concerned about? And also, does that mean they're going to practice what they preach? And could we see tighter controls in in China soon, less stimulus and, you know, even uh, raising in, in interest rates? Well, that certainly that had an impact during our day yesterday. So we did have an intraday fall in uh, in equity markets, including in the, in the U.S. futures markets. And we saw the Aussie dollar, which is, you know, one of the most risk sensitive of the major currencies, you know, certainly took a dip in front of the uh, of the RBA. And yes, his comments, um, you know, certainly had an impact. Their concerns about uh, bubbles domestically within the uh, the property market in particular, um, mm. but also concerned about the, the extent of the inflow in foreign capital, which obviously if unchecked would mean that the Chinese currency would be uh, would be even 
stronger than it is. But um, I wonder whether it was a little bit of a, just a pot shot of the rest of the world, talking about um, you know elevated global markets in the sense that uh, they are still in the grips of the pandemic. What's the subtext there? And we're not. Haha, I don't know. But, um, yeah. you know, it certainly had an impact as far as, you know, does it mean tighter monetary policy? I've seen a few reports overnight that suggest that, um, you know, these efforts to sort of clamp down on liquidity might be over for the time being. Certainly, um, something like a rise in key lending rates, I think, is we think is off limits, probably for the whole of this year. You know, and we saw those credit numbers that we had for, um, you know, for January that, that came out towards the end of February were, were, were eye-poppingly strong. So, you know, for whatever the rhetoric is, um, clearly China is still, you know, uh, uh, insistent that there will be enough credit flowing to keep the economy vibrant. So, so you know, I, I think in terms of, of, it's a pretty long bow, I think, to, to read from those comments that, you know, we're going to see higher interest rates or a big clampdown in liquidity, but uh, but certainly a warning shot, I think. Well, it's only, at least. the danger and, might have been that it, it certainly it, had some impact. Yeah, with the danger might have been that it sort of caused the sort of reaction we saw last week that everyone goes, well, if they're going to push their rates up, then maybe it's going to happen here. So borrowing is going to be, be harder, throwing inflation, uh, and all of a sudden the future isn't quite so bright. And, you know, could have seen a chain reaction from that, but but, but it, it, not much at all, really. No, know, so no, but that, you know, that, is, that, that is certainly the case. I mean, again, going back to you know, what was the underlying cause of, of the sell-off in bond markets, it really was that sort of you know question marks over whether central banks are really going to be able to be true to their word about how long it's mm-hmm. going to be before rates go up. Uh, we've had Lyle Brainard, the um, uh, the Fed governor, out uh, out overnight, and again, she's um, you know the message or the on message message, if you like, from the Fed is still that yes, we do see inflation picking up, but we expect it to be transitory. And uh, I think the issue for markets, which is still there. Um, you know, is that, you know, will it really be transitory and particularly in the US when all this fiscal firepower starts coming down the track and, and hitting, um, you know, bank accounts? Um, you know, is, is, is there a risk that, um, you know, the burst in activity that, that that is expected to unleash, you know, will cause a bigger rise in, in uh, inflation, at least in the US at least? So I don't think that theme has gone away, but clearly the central banks aren't having a bar of it at the moment. And we heard similar from the RBNZ's assistant governor, Christian Hawkes, late yesterday, really saying that, um, you know, the, the risk of us having to go negative on rates to provide more support for the economy is, is, mm. is material. Um, so there you go. So, so clearly, central banks are, are not blinking no. at this stage. Well, the RBA yesterday said uh, they're, they're $4 billion in bond purchases. It wasn't a, pr- a panic measure by any stretch of the imagination. It was just a measure that they brought forward. Uh, and uh, no word on uh, on how long yield control is going to go on for either. So more of the same, isn't it, really? You know, we, we How long is a piece of string? Well, no, it wasn't. I mean, the markets were, I think, you know, braced for some kind of a, you know, a, a perhaps a slightly more dovish statement either saying, look, we're, you know, I mean, they have said consistently they're prepared to adjust the size of their, their QE program. But uh, yesterday, they you know, made very clear that the $4 billion um, purchases that they announced on Monday were simply a bring forward. So, um, you know, for the most part, the RBA has been buying, you know, $5 billion a week, but um, in, in no more than $2 billion on any one day. So yesterday's announcement or Monday's announcement of a $4 billion, you know, did set a few hairs running. And, you know, could they scale up? The QE program, which they evidently uh, evidently haven't done, and also you know that is speculation that uh, you know this yield curve control policy could they push it out to they're currently effectively targeting the April. 2024 three-year Australian government bond. And there is, you know, a chunk of the market is thinking that uh, they will roll that at some point to the November 
2024 bond, which would, you know, if they did that today, it would mean that effectively that, um, you know, they're not expecting to raise rates for the best part of four years. And, and clearly, they're not prepared to uh, to go that far at this stage. So overall, I think it was seen as a, you know, I wouldn't call it a hawkish statement, but it, it wasn't any more dovish, if you like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that's why we did see the Aussie dollar recovering from those intraday falls and looking at, um, you know, bond futures. I mean, we did have about a 10 basis point sell off. So a 10 basis point rise in implied yields on 10 year, although about half of that move has since been retraced. So they did say about the Aussie dollar, didn't they, that, you know, that they they are certainly targeting that uh, and reiterating that it's higher than it would be otherwise without their QE program. So does the, is this is this a signal then that it can keep on rising, that we are going to hit 80 again fairly soon? I think, Phil, if, if the RBA heard you saying they were targeting the exchange oh, rate, you'd be told to wash your mouth out. But um, <laughs> Well, if they do, they, okay, not targeting, making, they did say that it's no, higher than it would have been otherwise were their words, weren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So they're making no bones about the fact that, uh, you know, a key uh, motive of what they are doing is to ensure that uh, that bond yields over here aren't uh, rising relative to other parts of the, of, of the world, which would bring about a, a stronger Aussie. But, um, you know, we're having a little bit of an issue with them. And so, you know, we think the uh, the impact that their uh, QE and other policies has had in terms of suppressing yields relative to other countries and what that's done to the currency is, uh, you know, we think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's one or two cents at most as far as the Aussie against the US, the RBA wants us to believe it's closer to 5%. But, um, and the fact is that if you look at where yields are in Australia on a spread basis to the US, they're actually higher today than they were um, back in September when um, the RBA pers- first put the market on the scent of these unconventional policies. So, uh, so you know, regardless of what the actual extent of the suppression is, the fact is that the relative interest rates are, are no longer, you know, providing an outright, um, you know, negative impact on the currency. So, those, okay. Now, what about this big drop in building permits for Australia yesterday? We saw a 19.4 percent uh, drop reported for January. Is this just a one-off? Well, it's a very, very volatile series. So uh, it was a surprising weakness, but uh, because we had such a big fall the previous month, so I think that was the surprise. Normally, those numbers mm. will show a sawtooth pattern. And um, and the, the the apartment, you break it down into the houses, um, um, you know, detached houses and apartments. And, and depending on what the, you know, the big building developers are doing, if they're suddenly building a 500, uh, you know, putting in an application for a 500 apartment building block, then you get a massive increase. And if there's none of that, then you get a, you get a fallback. But, um, but there was also a weakness in, in private houses. So, um, mm. so I, I think it's, it's probably noise is the answer. But, yeah, um, but, watch know, with but certainly it's, it's something that needs yeah. to be watched with a little bit of care. In, in an environment, of course, where we know that, um, you know, at the moment supply is clearly outstripping, um, or sorry, demand is outstripping supply. Hence, we're <laughs> seeing, you know, some good rises in house prices. And if, uh, yeah. if it looks like the supply of housing is not going to be picking up, that can only add to uh, to price pressures. Don't think it's ever going to be the other way around, is it? Really, mm-hmm. uh, more supply than demand. Look, uh, Q4 GDP is out today, and uplift presumably. Yes, we are, um, and we've had all those partial indicators. But uh, our economists have done the overs and unders there, and and, and start, you know came back to where they started, which is still thinking that uh, we could get a number, you know, between two and a half and three percent. I think the market's around two and a half percent Q on Q. Uh, we're at slightly on the high side of that. Um, really, it's and if we're going to see a relatively strong number, it's going to be consumer driven. Um, you know, we know that as, as Victoria came out of lockdown, you know, during Q4, that would have uh, encouraged a burst in spending. Obviously, parts of Sydney were, were, were in lockdown at that time, but the retail 
sales figures that we've had have been very strong. Um, so overall, yes, we're looking for a largely consumption-driven uh, rebound. Construction also likely to be making a decent contribution. But again, GDP, Q4, we're in March, a little bit backward-looking. So I don't yeah. think it's going to yeah. have a major impact on markets. Well, talking about backward-looking stuff, uh, the Caging Services PMI for China today and the, the market services uh, uh, and composite uh, PMIs for Europe and the ISM Services Index for the United States. But more attention probably going to be on the ADP employment number, given that uh, it's non-farm payrolls week at the end of this week, isn't it? That's right. So that ADP number expected to print um, around 200,000, which would imply we had a much stronger non-farm payroll numbers, <coughs> excuse me, on Friday than we had. Mm. Remember last month, we had sort of less than 50,000 new jobs and a massive upward revision, up downward revision, sorry, for the previous two months. So, um, <coughs> it's just, um, it, so you're going to lose your voice before the end. A bit of a frog in the throat, <laughs> bit of a frog in the throat there, sorry. And uh, so, interest there, but also the ISM services, because the message from the PMIs from the US, those ISM one numbers have been the US is traveling faster yeah. than the rest of the world. Those you know, pretty weak German numbers exemplified that. So some interest right. in okay. both of those numbers. And the Beige Book's out today as well, uh, and a few Fed speakers as well, uh, and uh, the UK budget. Uh, but, you know, who cares about uh, budget? So it's going to be interesting though, to see whether Rishi Sunak does try and uh, repair the economy like uh, lifting taxes before the economy has actually repaired itself. So that's going to be the big question mark there. But we'll uh, leave it all for now. Are you going to have a glass of water and uh, a long lie down? We'll talk to you again soon. I wish. Thanks, Phil. Bye. And that's it. That's another one done to tick off the list. Uh, back tomorrow morning, which will be Thursday. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Have a great day.